بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار Amongst the verses that were recited were the closing verses of Surah Al-Anfal and the beginning of Surah Al-Tawbah. These surahs comprise of many verses related to warfare and battle which were revealed at a particular time after many years of persecution by the Mushrikeen of Mecca and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam having migrated to Medina Munawwara and enduring lots of difficulty at the hands of the Quraysh. Eventually, at the conquest of Mecca, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the announcement that after a treaty and a pledge was broken by the Quraysh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had nothing to do with the Mushrikeen and the Quraysh. And in fact, they were to be expelled. So in the, in the surah, there are certain verses which have got to do with executing people. And many times, those people who object against Islam, or they say that there is a violent tendency in Islam, try to cherry-pick these verses and quote them out of context. Like I said in the beginning, these verses relate in particular to a particular event where they, where the, the mushrikeen, after 23 years of abuse and torture and murder, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the instruction that if they, they, you come into contact with them, then it would be permissible for these individuals to be executed. Now, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam conquered Makkah Mukarramah with 10,000 sahaba radiallahu anhum, what did he do? The first announcement he made, he said, whoever is in the house of Abu Sufyan, you have been given amnesty. Whoever is by the Kaaba will be given amnesty. He gave amnesty to everybody. And there were a few individuals, less than 10, who were the most wretched amongst the chiefs of the Quraysh against whom there was a death sentence. Amongst them was, for example, Ikrimah bin Abi Jahal, the son of Abu Jahal, Ikrimah. So he fled and he ran away from Makkah Mukarrama and his wife embraced Islam. So she asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Nabi of Allah, if I can convince Ikrimah to come back, would you allow him to be in my protection? Because this is also a law of Sharia that any, any citizen, any, any Muslim has got the permission to take another individual who is a non-Muslim or a person who is of the opposition into their security and nobody can harm them. But nobody talks about these ahkam of Sharia. In any case, she goes and she finds him about to board and embark on a, on a, on a ship running away from the Arabian Peninsula. And she says to him that we found Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to be an upright person of good character and he is not somebody beheading and killing and, and abusing people in Makkah. In fact, the Quraysh who were still uncertain at the time of the conquest of Makkah, they were waiting to see what's going to happen that first night when they enter into Makkah. And this is what turned the hearts of the people of Makkah. Even those who were still not in, in the fall of Islam, they saw that these people are making tawaf, some are in salah, some are crying, and they are weeping and making and begging from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala acceptance and forgiveness. Rather than the appearance or the approach taken by those people who conquer other lands, 
where they plunder and they abuse and they burn and they destroy. So Ikrimah decided to come back. And when he came back, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told the Sahaba, seeing him approaching, that ensure that you do not cause harm to Ikrimah by speaking bad about his father. His father is Abu Jahl, the Fir'aun of this Ummah. But he's gone from this world already. There's no use in, in condemning or criticizing the deceased at the expense of causing harm to those who are alive. And he embraced Islam. And the famous story we normally hear, you know, in Ta'aleem, the story of those few Sahaba who were on the battlefield and the one who before, in his dying moments, he calls his cousin and he says, please, I need some water. And his cousin brings some water for him. And then he hears another brother calling out for water. So the first person sends his cousin to the second, go and assist him, give him the water first. He might need it more than I do. And when he reaches the second, it continues. In Hayatul Sahaba, the hadith states, there were seven such people. And when the cousin reached the seventh, the person had passed away. So he decided to go back to the sixth. He had passed away. Until he came back to his cousin, all of them had given their life in sacrifice for their brother who is asking for water. Amongst them was Ikrimah bin Abi Jahal. He was one of the, the people who we quote in, in expressing the pride with which a person can dedicate his life to serve someone else. And he was the son of the Fir'aun of this Ummah. So these verses we, we need to always understand that it's easy to quote something out of context and then say, well, you see the word Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the ahkam of Islam and the teachings of Islam. It's holistic. It's got to do with every part of our life. It's not just a, a bit of do's and don'ts or um, you've got a limited amount of instructions only with regards to your personal life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us ahkam and rulings with regards to every part of our life, including when you are abused or when you are attacked, how you need to defend yourself and what are the ahkam pertaining to that. And that is another verse. Now that I am on the topic, I might as well just touch on it. Sometimes in the Muslim ummah, there are those people also who play into the hands of those who wish to cherry-pick these verses and use it against Islam by misrepresenting the verses of the Qur'an itself. For example, in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah, وَقَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَكُمْ And wage war against those الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَكُمْ Those who are fighting against you. So it already tells you that you're not allowed to attack an innocent nation. You're not allowed to attack innocent communities, kill innocent people in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the word qatilu in Arabic is from mufa'ala. Mufa'ala means it's two-sided. You can only do it when that is done unto you. When you're defending yourself, then you stand up in defense, which is a normal point of common sense. that you, It is the right of every human being to defend himself. So qatilu fi But Allah says something else. Wala ta'tadu. Do not exceed the limits. In other words, what you're not required to do, don't do that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala further says, Inna allaha la yuhibbul mu'tadeen. Those people who exceed the limits, in other words, they use the excuse of, of warfare or killing to justify some ulterior political motive, whatever it might be. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he does not love them. And normally, this type of phrase, Inna allaha la yuhibbul kafirin, it's used for people who don't have iman. If a person is totally wretched, Allah expresses this in the Quran, he doesn't have love for that, for that individual. So those people who in the name of Islam, waging war, and then they exceed the limits which have been, you can't kill women, you can't kill a person in a place of worship, you can't kill children, you can't cut trees, you can't destroy places of worship. So a person does that, 
and he is by saying Allahu Akbar it doesn't become halal inna Allah la yuhibbul mu'tadin you see respected brothers if, a, if, a, if there's a justifiable war and battle in this dunya the most justifiable would have been with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa when he was abused by the Quraysh and attacked in Badr and Uhud etc so there was a person who was on the battlefield with Rasulullah with the Muslims which outwardly means he's on the right side so if he dies he's a martyr Rasulullah sallallahu looks at him and says huwa fin nar he's in the fire so the sahaba said but he's fighting so bravely then they watched him and eventually he was injured and he turned onto his own sword he committed suicide so the sahaba said we understood and realized what Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that he is in the fire of jahannam which means that if a person happened to be with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in a justifiable battle and yet he breaks the command of Allah he can still go to Jahannam imagine what would be the state of a person who's not fighting a justifiable fight in the name of deen and taking the life of innocent people how would that be a true impression or image of the, the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so therefore we are not a nation that gives the other cheek that if somebody you know slaps you on one side you give the other cheek no we are taught to defend ourselves but there are limitations also. You are not supposed to exceed that, otherwise you become the oppressor. Rasulullah says, sometimes the person who is oppressed, because of him exaggerating and going overboard in his retaliation, he now becomes the, the wrongdoer, and he is the one who will be guilty on the day of Qiyamah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us understanding in that regard. Just another, there were other, some other very beautiful points that I thought I would share. Um, the, the, the incident of hijrah comes in, in the verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes reference to Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in the cave. And one of the most beautiful lessons in the migration of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the hijrah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is wafa. The ulama say wafa, being loyal and faithful, a faithful friend. And they say it's wafa'un bakriyun wa wafa'un alawiyun. The faithful loyalty of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an and Sayyidina Ali karramallahu wajhahu the son-in-law of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was given the instruction that now you will have to make uh, hijrah and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then said to Sayyidina Ali atanamu laylata fi firashi ya Ali oh Ali will you sleep in my bed tonight knowing Sayyidina Ali was in the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam they saw the hundred men surrounding the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam knowing that these people are coming with the intention of assassinating him alayhi salatu wa sallam so Sayyidina Ali says, Fidaka Abi wa Ummi ya Rasulullah. May my parents be sacrificed for your Nabi of Allah. Of course I'll sleep. And he's a young boy. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, I will meet you in Medina, whatever amana I have and trust I have of people, ensure that you return it to the rightful owner, and then we will meet in Medina Munawwara. And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the ulama say many of the lessons in Hijrah is to strengthen our Iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us that there's a hundred people around Rasulullah sallallahu If he wanted, he could have sent Jibreel and the Buraq of the night of Mi'raj to fetch Rasulullah sallallahu Yet he waited. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa to wait for the house to be surrounded with the people who have intended to assassinate him. And now Allah gives him the instruction that now you go out. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also teaches him to recite the verses of Surah Yasin. Unfortunately, we recite it when we see cops on the road. وَجَعَلْنَا مِنْ بَيْنِ أَيْدِهِمْ سَدًّا وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ سَدًّا فَأَغْشَيْنَاهُمْ فَهُمْ لَا يُبُسِرُونَ If the, if the car disk is expired or you don't have your license, then you tell the wife and the children, everybody read this. This was a, a, the verse recited for the protection of Khatam al-Nabiyyin alayhi salatu wasalam. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa took some sand and he threw it towards them. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us that the one who created the eyes is the one who created the ability to see in the eye. A person having eye doesn't mean he can see. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of the eye also and the ability to see is also the creation of Allah. So those people who are standing with the intention to see, if Allah doesn't want them to see, they will not see. Seeing is a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah showed us how he protected his Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is why we should constantly also recite Ayatul Kursi, recite our du'as, especially in a, in, in a city, in a country like ours, when we are constantly uh, concerned of our safety. Recite these du'as for protection. When we leave our house, also say, Bismillahi tawakkaltu ala Allah, wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. In a hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, that person who recites these words, an announcer calls out to him, Hudita wa kufita wa tanaha anka shaytan that you will be rightly guided and all your needs will be taken care of and the shayateen will be kept away from you. And we know there's two types of shaytans, one in the form of jinn and one in the form of hijackers and crooks and thieves, They're the ones that we have quite a bit of in our country. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then goes to the cave and I know my time is up. Um, what Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq? And this is the reference made in the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says how he assisted his beloved Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he took refuge in the cave and he was one of two individuals, thaniyath nain, with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu an said, Umar ibn al-Khattab is prepared to give the thawab of his whole life just for the reward of that one night of Abu Bakr radiallahu an. One said Aisha radiallahu anha, she was laying with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and looking at the stars. This is also sunnah, brothers, but not in Ramadan you do ibadah inshallah. So they were laying and looking at the stars. So she said, Oh Nabi of Allah, is there any person who's got thawab equivalent to the amount of stars in the sky? So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Yes, Abu, uh, Umar. So she said, Umar? So she said, I expected my father's name to be mentioned. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, No, all that is not equal to what Umar, what Abu Bakr as-Siddiq uh, has been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the status of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu is established authentically in the Quran. He is the person who defended Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, when everybody belied me, he supported me. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came back from Mi'raj, everybody of the mushrikeen rejected what he had to say. And Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, when he was told, he said, if Muhammad said that, that he went, then it's the truth. I confirm it. And, and this is why every part of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu resembled Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The ulama say that if the sahaba wanted to see how Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was, they could look at the salah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Everything resembled that of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to such an extent that when, the, when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam left this world, the person that Allah gave the most composure was Abu Bakr as-Siddiq because he had the most understanding of deen. He was so close to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his heart was linked. It was a reflection of, of, of the light of Rasulullah sallallahu heart on his heart that he was the most composed. Sayyidina Umar said, if anybody says that Rasulullah has passed away, then I'm going to execute him because I just believe Nabi sallallahu meant to receive revelation like Musa salam separated from his nation temporarily. Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anh, ascended the member and he praised Allah and he sent salutations on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he recited a verse, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ Muhammad is a Rasul of Allah قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرُّسُولِ There were messengers who passed before him أَفَإِمَّاتَ If he passes away أَوْ قُتِلَ Or he becomes shaheed إِنْ قَلَبْتُمْ عَلَىٰ أَعْقَابِكُمْ You'll turn to your heels. Sayyidina Umar says, it's as if I heard that verse for the first time. Because it's coming out of the mouth of a person who was directly linked to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Therefore, it is the creed of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah that we always express our love to Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Uthman, Sayyidina Ali, 
and all the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, those that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose for the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, Allah selected them. They were the people with the, the most depth in their knowledge and they had the most simplicity in their way. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the true love for the Sahaba and the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.